name is Mr. X, but you can call me Leo. And you are listening to the Full-Blooded Podcast. Sorry about that exhale, but I'm starting to breathe better. It's been a couple of days since my birthday, or the election took place, or I got hit with this cold, this virus, or this bug. I wish you could see me doing air quotes right now. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't even know anybody using air quotes anymore. I woke up in a goofy mood because, maybe because of all the drugs I'm taking to get over this thing, I don't know. But um, I thought to myself, you know, I can't wait to get a little better so I can go back to playing poker because my fans in Germany have been asking about this and um, I thought I would start with that. They have been asking why I haven't shared any poker stories lately. And two reasons, Um, I acquired that means I purchased two little puppies, um, two little wiener dogs, dachshunds. And there's a history about wiener dogs. And if you don't know, you should look them up because it's quite interesting. Um, yes, I'm a Latino man. And yes, I love low riders. So when I saw the wiener dog and how somebody somewhere in history breeded these guys to have small legs, in essence, these dogs were lowered. <laughs> Joke for the background there. Um... Anyway, I have little lowrider dogs, and I'm coming up with a YouTube channel that's going to be called Hanging With My Dogs, and it'll be me and my wiener dogs and some friends around a poker table discussing topics. So, look out for that. This morning is not like any other morning. We're all waiting to see what's going to happen with our government, and I liked how the news is playing this. They're opening up their shows with... And the world is holding breath to see who the new leader of the free world, the most powerful country, is going to be next. Will it be Biden? Will it be Trump? And the media continues to feed us with civil wars around the corner. Even some of my redneck um, YouTubers that I follow, pretty cool guys, they're even talking about they believe Biden's going to win. And they're kind of glad. And what I think is most interesting is when they say that nothing's going to change. (laughs) <laughs> Didn't I say that the other day? So, I'm going to give you a break today from the election. I'm going to give you a break today from COVID with a little poker story that I told you guys I would bring. Here we go. Traveling up the coast of California a couple of months ago when this whole COVID thing broke out, when all these protests broke out, I thought to myself, you know, I used to be in journalism when I was in high school. Why don't I go out there with my camera and see what I can record? And I have about six videos, maybe ten, that I have yet told you guys about. Uh, Some are pretty long and some are really short. And by pretty long, I mean like, you know, 15 minutes. They only feel long because there's a lot of talking in it, for example. One of the best videos that I've made, and you guys will have access to in a couple of episodes when I restructure it because it needs some editing, even though it's been out for like four months, um, was when... LAPD Chief Moore uh, was meeting protesters and he had the full presentation of all his officers. They were all out there standing in front of LAPD building in downtown LA. And I remember being there when all these protests were started out and they were talking about taking a knee because of what had happened to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and a lot of unfortunate victims like that. And I remember uh, the police officers wouldn't do it. And I remember there was one sergeant in particular who was 
very, very cordial and very, very patient because he was taking a lot of abuse. In the video, it shows how he says he cannot take a knee. And in the video, he responds to the protesters saying, if Chief Moore takes a knee, he'll take a knee too. And you know what? It happened. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So I hope you enjoyed that video. I was right in the front row when it happened. And I really believe that was the beginning of things changing. Boy, was I wrong. Things only got worse and are still worse. I'm just giving you a little information to let you know these videos already exist. If you've seen the car I drive, then you know what channel it is. If you haven't, then I'm not going to tell you because I do really uh, feel like they need to be edited only because they were structured. I made the videos in a way where they would promote mental wellness for a foundation I was volunteering a lot of time to. But this thing got bigger than just addressing mental wellness. This, this protest, riot, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Democrats versus Republicans, red versus blue, the wealth disparity, billionaires getting rich, COVID-19 bringing the country to a hold. I mean, there's so much stuff that's going on that um, I kind of decided that maybe this is what I should do for a while. So bringing me back to my story. There'll be videos on that. If you hear anything in the background, it's just me and my dogs. That's enough. So two wiener dogs, what are you going to do? Okay, so here we go. Because of all that, it kind of put me in this state where I needed to know, and I've shared this with you guys before, am I an American anymore? Are we Americans anymore? And what is that? And that discussion seems to still continue to this day. And um, because I don't want to get too heavy into it, I'm just letting you guys know that um, keep an eye out on the channel. I will be announcing the YouTube name pretty soon. And there's lots of videos coming. I mean, I already have like 10 and I guess I'm just trying to find a way to explain to you guys that maybe like you, I'm also going through some sort of transformation, right? Are we Americans? And if we are still Americans, what kind of Americans are we? And, and once we know that, is the rest of the United States like that? Because it's a hard fact. Most of us are divided. And when Biden wins, because it looks like he's going to, things aren't going to change for the majority of us, which means the rhetoric and the violent atmosphere that Trump was able to stir in the United States, it doesn't mean it's going away. It, it means that it's been exposed and it's going to continue to grow. And it's going to take some other fool with the same type of attitude who's going to incentivize that rhetoric and direct it into its action. And that's a scary thought. And that's why I thought to myself, well, let's talk about politics and the ramifications of what's going on another time. And your identity as an American, another time. Because that's a heavy conversation. I mean, hell, I already wasted seven goddamn minutes on this thing. Explaining to you where I'm coming from. So, let's take a break. Let's have you guys enjoy uh, the rest of your week because the weekend's around the corner with a little poker story. Oof, that was a long intro. All right, here we go with some poker stories. This poker story is called Magnum Check Raise. Go to Medford, Oregon, Google it. There's a poker room called No Look Poker. And it's owned by a Asian family who lives on the premises. The back of the poker club is a really nice home slash gazebo slash yard slash private area with a patio. I mean, this place must have been the shit when it was happening before COVID. And I want to go there. I wouldn't mind retiring there. That's how much I love this place. And I am going back as soon as I get healthy, by the way. You can play there without a mask. All these old white fuckers weren't wearing masks. These guys are all like in their, you know, middle 60s, late 60s, and early 70s, and none of them are wearing masks. 
one of the individuals that played there who's a regular resident and lives there. Um, that's why he's a resident. Duh. Uh, he was a retired um, lieutenant for the Long Beach Police Department, I think. I might have the city wrong, but long-time retired police uh, lieutenant. And he was telling us stories. So this is a really nice place to play at. And, and I'm just going to leave it at that. They have a bar on one side, different room. They have tables in another room. It used to be a Chinese restaurant. It was abandoned for like five to seven years. And then they came in and this family gutted it. And they didn't change much of the building except, you know, they recycled what they could. And, and they removed what was ugly. And so it's kind of a bizarre-looking Chinese lounge restaurant from the outside. I don't know how to describe it. Just go to Google. Go to Siri and just... Look it up. No look poker room in Medford, Oregon. Worth playing. I wouldn't mind retiring there, actually. And like I said, as soon as I get healthy, I'm definitely driving back for a couple of nights of playing there. That being said, on the last night that I was there, I was there for two days and two nights playing and visiting and making friends. On the last night I was there, it must have been about, I don't know, 10.30, maybe 11 o'clock at night. And it could have been a Thursday or a Wednesday. I'm not really sure. I mean, all these days seem the same when you're on the road. This was part of my road trip. So we're playing a no-look poker room. It's about 11 o'clock at night. And the game's about to break because there's only four of us left. And just as we're contemplating on leaving, walks in two interesting individuals. We'll say they're a couple for now. The first person who walks into the room is a really tall lady. She's got to be at least 5'9", maybe 5'10", probably 5'10". Uh, she was wearing flats too, short pinkish dye hair. Um, she looked like a fast person, meaning not only are they inebriated, they're doing, they're doing things fast, they talk fast. Most of it's BS. She, I mean, she was insulting the dealer. She was insulting the player. She was insulting me. She just... So I found out that they were on meth. I didn't know this. I'm not a meth detective. So this couple walks in. She sits down starts talking shit to everybody. We realize, oh, she's drunk. She's going to lose her money real quick. Let's stay. Unfortunately, she only buys in for 60 bucks. Whatever. Her boyfriend uh, isn't as tall. He's probably 5'9", maybe 5'10", as well. You know, pretty strong uh, built kind of guy. Tons of prison tattoos. He's wearing a Celtics jersey and uh, shaved. And he looks like he's a white guy. Um, so I thought maybe Celtics jersey, prison tattoos. Maybe he's from back east. I don't know. Um, and he's got a bag, a paper bag. And he walks in and um, he sits down and he buys in for 60 bucks. While this is happening... I decide to go outside and take a smoke break because I'm, I've been there for many hours. And I'm contemplating whether I should stay or not. So I'm outside smoking and chilling. And out the front poker room door comes out the guy wearing a Celtics jersey. And there's nobody outside and it's super, super dark. I mean, it's past 11. He comes up to me and says, respect. And I go, what's up? Respect. And he starts talking like a homeboy from East L.A. or Santa Ana, wherever you're from. And um, he gives me this huge tall can of beer and and he t pulls one out of the paper bag for himself and he opens it up <laughs> cracks it says respect he goes I just lost my grandmother 
her, her last name was Rosalio. Uh, Viva la raza. Abuelita, te quiero mucho. He was basically kind of in this zombie emotional state. I think he was in a lot of pain from the loss of his grandmother. And he was confessing to me that even though he looks white, he's Latino descent. My kids are half white and half Mexican, so I totally understand. I'm just keeping quiet listening to him. Um, he, I think he's like in his late 20s. You know, I wouldn't think he's over 30, maybe close to 30. But he ended up explaining to me that he's not a very good poker player. He just lost his grandmother. He loves the Latin culture. He thinks I'm Latin. Where am I from? I explained it to him, California. Um, my parents were from Chihuahua. Uh, I was born in California. We got into it. We became, you know, immediate, super superficial friends as poker players can immediately become right when it when the game starts he starts telling me that his girlfriend that he came in with you know she's a total bitch and she's going to be insulting everybody and just understand that this personality please don't take any disrespect i was floored i never met this guy his girlfriend is obviously a cunt he goes out of his way before i even enter the game or the building to explain to me that he has mad respect for me he's in a lot of pain he wants to be friends and to not be offended when I go back in there and hear the mouth his girlfriend's about to lay down on the table because boy was he right. So him and I do a toast. We pour some beer on the on the on the ground for his grandmother. We give a little salute and a little toast, and we move on. We go inside, and uh, sure as shit, man, this woman was a total cunt. Oh my God, Leah, you shouldn't be using language like that. Well, let me explain to you something. This woman sits down. She obviously has a very uh, high IQ or, or, or a lot of degrees because she was talking like some sort of an analyst, but at the same time, ringing your bell. You're a piece of shit. You just want my money. I know you do. That's what she said to me as she's looking right at me. I said nothing. I just smiled. She then turns to the dealer. Who are these fucking guys? They're all fucking here trying to take my money. Fuck these guys. I'm going to show them what's up. I'm like, now I'm saying it the way I felt it. She probably said it different, but I'm like, who is this girl? And then... She started talking to this other guy to her left. I know you're a piece of shit. I know you want to take my money. All you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. You watch this. You think you're underestimating? I mean, I, I mean, who is this woman? So we're playing a couple hands. And she raises a little bit. I'm not even in the hand. And her boyfriend goes all in. <laughs> the other guy folds. She says, what? And she folds. He wins. We're proud of him. Two hands later, um, this one guy raises a little bit. I fold. She calls. He goes all in again. The guy calls, who raised originally, and she folds. He had like king rag, and he missed the flop. The other guy had a decent hand, and there goes the 60 bucks. She humiliates him and insults him in front of everybody. He gets up without a word after losing the hand and immediately goes to the bar. And I don't see this guy for about 10 to 15 minutes. Meanwhile, his girlfriend changes her attitude and starts flirting with the dealer. Like, literally. All the guy has to do is pick her up, take her to the back, and bang, bang, bang. There they go. I mean, this is how deliberate and blatant her offer was to this dealer, who's a really nice guy. I got to know for two days. While her boyfriend is in the bar getting drunk or socializing. I mean, there's only the bartender there, COVID-19. We don't have anything going on. 
He comes back. She changes her attitude. He buys in for another $60. The hands continue. Once again, the one guy, remember there's only four of us there. This one guy raises a little bit. I fold. She folds, complains a lot. She's constantly complaining. I mean, she's, I mean if she was a guy, everybody would have jumped her by now. Okay. She folds. He goes all in again. <laughs> and the guy thinks about it. And he folds. And the guy shows some ugly hand. And we all cheer him, yay! I mean, what else are you going to do? The guy's obviously got balls. And he's playing poker like it's a death challenge. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just think the night's weird. We got a, a meth head woman who's just berating everybody for no reason at all non-stop and and humiliating humiliating her boyfriend what the fuck's the matter with you you're a piece of shit you're just gonna waste that money like that you don't know what the fuck you're doing god damn it when are you gonna fucking learn you're an idiot this is how she talks to him during the hand while all of us are there and i thought to myself this man's gonna clock this girl does she not know he's he's been in prison okay so back to the action he doesn't get called. He shows a bad hand. He takes down a little pot. By the way, this has nothing to do with poker in as much as just building up to what's about to happen because I have to do this to show you what's, why this is so important. Two hands later, same dude who just finished raising and, and folded when the Celtics guy with the tats pushed. Uh, same situation. He raises a little bit. I fold. The girl's in the hand. She calls. Celtic guy calls, three-handed. The flop comes, the guy originally bet, bets, the girl folds, the guy calls, Celtics calls. The turn comes, the guy checks, and Celtics checks. The river comes, and the guy starts talking to the Celtics guy, and they start talking shit to each other about you know, what's going to happen on the river. And the guy who originally opened the bet, pre-flop, says, yada, 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 I think I'm going to bet this much on the river. And the Celtic guy says, you ain't got the balls to do it because I'm going to shove all in. I know you ain't got nothing. And the Medford resident says, you're going to shove all in? And the other guy says, yeah. Because you really think so. And the Celtics guy stands up and says, watch this, homie. This is what he says. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you who's got the real hand. He goes, I'm going to go all in right now. He goes, you are? He goes, yeah. He goes, you are? And the Celtic guy says, yeah. So the first player to act bets a third of the pot. And... The Celtics guy stands up, takes out something from his pocket, we're all looking at him, and slams it hard on the table. Here you go, I raised you this much. And I thought it would be like a wad of cash. Nope. It was a little, little my ass. It was a <laughs> Magnum condom packet. You know when you go to the liquor store and you're going to get your groove on and you say, can I have a three-pack of Trojans? 
Or in my case, can I have one ultra, ultra thin uh, mini to go? Well, whatever. But this homeboy takes out a Magnum condom with the little, you know, one condom in one box. He slams to the ground. Here you go, motherfucker. I'm putting you all in. The dealer stands, uh, says, what? I stand up. The guy next to me stands up. The two people that are watching stand up like, what? And we started laughing, and the girl says, oh, my God. And she looks at everybody, covers half of her mouth, and says, it's true. He really does have a big dick. And the whole table just loses it. Homeboy Celtics jersey is just frowning with glee and satisfaction that he's got an opportunity to check raise this motherfucker with a magnum condom. I thought it would end right there. I've never seen that happen. I wish I could do that. You mean check raise with a magnum condom? No, just be able to buy a magnum condom. I've never seen this. She is enforcing how endowed he is. Everybody's feeling insecure. And homeboy who's in the hand, the guy who originally raised, says, is that your all-in bet? And the Celtic says, is that what you want? And, and the other guy says, I don't know. Is this all-in or not? And the Celtic says, that's right, motherfucker. You ain't got nothing. I'm betting my, that and whatever I have. I'm all-in. And the other guy says, I call. This was just a big ploy to get the guy heated to, get all, to go all-in. He had, I think, a pair of tens. He caught a ten on the board. Well, the other guy, who originally let out, stayed in the hand to try to egg Celtics on, had a full house. So while the Celtics guy <laughs> checked raised with the Magnum condom and definitely got the attention of the day award, he lost all his chips, which weren't a lot when you really think about it. I mean, yeah, he doubled up once or twice, but still wasn't a lot. Just to see that happen, I blew my mind. And it gets even more interesting. Because after Celtic homeboy lost, he says, nice hand, nice hand. He gets up, goes outside. His meth head cunt girlfriend starts cussing as usual. And then she goes to the bathroom. The guy who just won, he goes to the bar. Me and the dealer are looking at each other with the owner and the owner's wife, who, by the way, the owner's wife's also Asian, and she just hated this white woman. She's not only acting like a hoe, she's talking like a hoe. I mean, she's saying nasty things, too, about people's dicks and and, and magnum condoms and and everybody's a shithead and and ass fuckers. I mean, it was really bad, and I felt sorry for this Asian family because they're really nice. But this is the shit they got to put up with when they're running a home game. And if you're in the poker world and you've been to home games, you know what the hell I'm talking about. Poker players are... In the end, degens. They really are. Some of the worst, lowest human beings with no integrity or dignity. And I stand by that. I felt bad for the couple that owns this, this mature couple that owns this club. But this is the business, and during COVID-19, you got to take what you can get. I came to find out that the guy who took Celtics money and pretty much, you know, prepped them, primed them, got them all worked up so that he can put all his money in a bad hand. I found out that that guy slept with the meth head cunt a week ago. They met up at that same poker room, and I guess they went out afterwards. Bang, bang, bang. That was it. Now she's back hunting for more, bringing in her newest boyfriend. I don't know. Is Medford that fucked up? I thought the whole thing was weird, but I've never 
ever been in a situation like that. So I had to know who this cat is. I went outside and decided to talk to Celtic Boy. Found out his name is Jeffrey. Found out that he's a really, really cool guy and he has a lot of thoughts that he likes to share. We traded phone numbers and we kept in touch and I have to do a follow-up phone call to see how he's doing. Oh, and by the way, he gave me a gift. He gave me a pool ball. I think the number 10. Yeah, that's right. You know when you go play pool? Billiards. You know. And there's these really heavy balls that you got to hit with a cue on the pool table. That's what he had in his pocket. Question. What is he doing with that ball in his pocket? Did he just go to a bar and take it and going to use it for protection? All I know is this. This man could have definitely destroyed this other dude who basically egged him on to push, put all his chips in after the condom move. Anyway, it's just a... It's just a really ugly way to see poker being played. But it's a very interesting story of how crazy some of these poker players actually are. He gave me the cue ball. I still have it to this day. I'm going to keep in touch with him. I'm hoping he's going to get on one of my podcasts. I call him Sir Jeffrey because I think he's a good guy. I think he's one of those individuals that's hurting a lot inside and maybe needs some direction. I'm not saying he's some lost orphan. I'm saying all of us are broken. If you look at your life, for the most part, there's something in you that's probably broken. And most of you seem to move on with life. Most of us can adapt. Most of us are mature enough to handle it. But some of us grow up and don't have those tools. And I think this is one of those guys. But I think he's a good human being. Who knows? We'll find out. I hope you guys listen into to that interview. So if you ever want to make an impression on anybody at a poker table, throw out a Magnum condom when you put them all in. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's not going to work if you can't wear a Magnum condom. So something to think about. That's my little poker story from Medford, Oregon. I'll try to do better to tell you better stories. My name is Mr. X, but you can call me Leo. And this is the Full-Blooded Podcast. Mm-hmm.